You know, Brittany, nothing gives me naked confidence like hitting the gym first thing in the morning. The rush, the endorphins, it just sets the tone for the entire day. Ooh, I like that. Naked confidence. Yeah. It's all about the perfect playlist for me. The right music can uplift my mood instantly. Mm, you know what a close second is for me? What's that? Not stinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I use Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. It's like a secret weapon against odor powered by mandelic acid. Yeah, you're odor-free for up to 72 hours. I love how Lumi tackles every odor concern with natural ingredients, and I appreciate its versatility. I've tried it everywhere, from pits to feet. It never disappoints. Plus, it's baking soda-free and pH-balanced for safe use. And the fact that it's clinically proven to block odor all day, well, that's a game changer. Definitely. And with Lumi Starter Pack, new customers can get $5 off with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. It's a great deal for a fresh start. Don't miss out on feeling confident everywhere you go. Visit lumideodorant.com and use code TLC for a special discount. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Cheers to confidence with Lumi. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to The Laughing Couple Podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. And we're synced. We're synced. We are in sync. And sync. Versus Backstreet Boys. What's your choice? Oh, man. I'm going to have to say BSB. I'm going to throw a little wrinkle in here and say New Kids on the Block. Boom. No. Yeah. They're in their own. Bill, what about you? Bill, what, are you, what, about, what about you, Bill? Great intro. Who would you prefer, uh, Bill? In terms of music? Yeah. Backstreet Boys, in sync, or New Kids on the Block? You know... I probably couldn't name any of those, any, a song from any of those yes, guys, but can. I love them all because I know they're young and spirited and, and um, they all went on to do great things. So I, I would, I would definitely recognize the song, but I'll say I all think, three, all the above. Yeah, I think some of them went on to do good things, yeah, but you know, true story. This is a true story. Sidebar conversation. True story. My very first concert ever live concert was 1991 new kids on the blocks in the sky. Dome. Oh my God. How awesome was that? <laughs> I had 91. two older sisters, so I had two older sisters, so I didn't have a choice in the you matter. Saw Marky Mark? Uh, I, Marky Mark was not there. Nope. Oh. Nope. But I saw his brother, obviously. <laughs> I wish that he would have came to support. Uh, he was not there to support. But Actually, anyway, they, they do say that Marky Mark, Marky Mark was there. He was in the boxes because mm-hmm. everyone was like looking up and he had his shirt off. He's waving it around, but he wasn't actually performing. That is awesome. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I love it. God, it's good memories. The 90s, I was so cool and I had money. (laughs) Before kids. What a a great intro. Um, Let's dive into this, shall we? Yes, sir. Yes, absolutely. Yes, man. O'Haran. Bill, Bill. O'Haran. I don't know. We've never done that before. (laughs) This just happened off the cuff. We have a guest on our podcast, Bill O'Haran. Hello, Bill O'Haran. How are you? How are you guys? Thank you so much. Thanks for your patience. 
Oh, our Love absolute it. pleasure. Bill, can you do me a huge favor? Can you just uh, edify yourself, introduce yourself so that everyone knows who you are? Talk a, well, a little briefly about your book. We'll, we'll give you some time at the end. Mm-hmm. Sure. Absolutely. I love it. My, as my wife says, I'm incapable of small talk. I, um, I am a licensed therapist. I've been licensed for about 14 years. Um, and I'm really a, um, a seeker. I'm really kind of a relationship scientist, if you will. Uh, when my wife threw a plate at my head between our second and third year of marriage, through the plate at the head, I did the matrix and, and missed. Somehow it didn't hit me. I realized that there was a world inside of all of us that we didn't realize it was in there and that the other, whether it's our boss, our grandparents, our, our spouse, our sister, other people are just kicking up our own stuff. So I began the search in 2002, I went back for a master's in social work. I quit the financial field, took a hiatus for four or five years and then got back into it. So I'm a, I'm a salesperson, capital raiser, uh, father of three, married for 24 years, wrote the book, uh, took me 10 years to write the book. All those English majors out there are are, um, are bumming that it took me that long. Um, but the book's called Waking Up Marriage, Finding Truth in the Relationship. And all that means it's not about marriage per se. It's about working on oneself in the dynamic and the friction and the fire at the altar of marriage. But it could be at the altar of your relationship with your boss. It could be at the altar of the relationship with your mom, your dad. Everyone's just kicking up my stuff. The world's just kicking up more bill. And so I can work on the other, the outside world, but that won't have any impact. Only thing I can do is work on Bill. We, we, uh, well, how long did it take for them to write War and Peace? <laughs> Either do I. I, mean, similar. <clears throat> I think that was 20 plus years. So but I think it was, I think it was a long me. period of time. So yes. I, I believe it was a long period of time. It's a pretty popular book. So I think you're on the right track. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. You know, we always talk about that. Control what you can control. Manage what you can, can you can manage. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the only thing you can control, the only thing you can manage is, uh, you know, the six inches between your ear and ear. Big time. Where were you? Where'd you think I, I was going? Know, with like, <laughs> As the night like, gets longer, <laughs> the guardrails come off. One of those podcasts. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Let's Welcome all take to a the drink. Laughing Couple Podcast, <laughs> where we talk a real talk. Bill, before we jump into the podcast, I know you know about our Love You and You're Annoying. You've been married for quite some time with children. Yeah, You've done the work. Uh, uh, you know, plate aside, plate aside, um, share with us. I know you love your wife. What is it about your wife that slightly annoys you? It's so on. Yeah. Um, how, if you don't do it, we'll dub it over. How? Um, <laughs> I mean, if you want me to go right to the core of the issue and we, you know, we have these discussions, you know, a couple of times, once or twice, every two or three months <laughs> is she gets critical. And when the feminine's not creating, I say when the feminine's not creating, when any human being's not creating, they're judging. It's just a natural, if you're not, if it's not coming out, we hold it back. We don't want the world to be in a flow if we're not in a flow. So when she's not in that good space, she just quickly puts her hook in something and drags, drags us, you know, down. And it, it's, it's not good or bad. It's just, it's a, it's a powerful force in her and she can catch herself. So my frustration is when she doesn't catch herself quick enough um, I have to pull back. And right. so that's frustrates me about her. That's a that's, good one. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate. I mean, like a tiny bit. I yeah. feel like yeah. I can, if I'm in a mood like that, I'm like, <laughs> but mostly it's, like not mostly I'm not. Like, yeah. It's easy though, because I mean, women, you know, men could never do what women do. Women are, can, are more intuitive. They're more emotionally intelligent. 
They can, they can uh, multitask. Um, they're a force. The universe is based on divine energy. It's not based on masculine energy. The, the human race only survives because of women. Um, so there's, there's no, like, I wish she would. I'm moving to Mars. <laughs> I like that. Uh, she, you know, it's just catching yourself more. And I guess the big thing is if we're just going to just lay it out here, I've got three daughters. I kept saying to her, listen, if you want to judge and criticize and be demeaning and dismissive of me, I get it. I'm an idiot, but all men are, but we're trying, we're working on it. Mm -hmm. I say, just don't do it in front of them because you're teaching them a language. You're teaching them um, a disposition towards the masculine or towards the the world that Mm -hmm. they're seeping in. 80% of what kids pick up the first 10 years of their life is nonverbal has nothing to do with the parents are yapping has what to do with parents are feeling. Mm -hmm. And so just trying to help her identify that every word, every has a, has a feeling electron to it. And the kids are picking up the electrons. They're not picking up the words. Mm -hmm. So trying to work on that. And she's like, Bill, no more cycle babble. Uh, (laughs) But we've been through a long, powerful journey. She and I are born on the same day. So we really do kind of get each other, but um, yes, I would say just same day, same year. Uh, three years apart. She's three years older. Oh, Brittany's yeah, ex-boyfriend, whose name is also Ryan, was born on the same day as mine three years later. <laughs> and that's that. He looks like him. It's actually quite disturbing. It looks just like me. It's the weirdest thing I've ever <laughs> wow. seen in my entire that's life. That's a whole other podcast we can jump yeah, yeah. into. He's we not can... alive anymore. I buried him in my backyard. But, like, it's <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> Hashtag, that's not true. Let's I just got the image of Fargo when he's jamming yeah. the guy into the lager. The... <laughs> it's funny you got that because I got the uh, stepbrothers. They'll never I find you. I will beat you. Yeah, they'll <laughs> never find you. Oh my god, Bill! It's very rare that I write things down. Yeah, I'll I be know. honest. I thought you were doing Sudoku. I'm like, what are you? Doing? No, I wrote it on a Sudoku book. Okay, okay. Usually, I'm I'm just straight into the conversation. I go with the flow of it. But I had to do a hard stop when you when you said when we aren't creating, we're judging. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah, I thought that was one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard in my entire life. And segue, I read something today that said that fear only exists absent action, while in action, fear doesn't exist. We fear exists in thought, not in mm. action. So if you're not acting, you're fear. Love if that. you and so I read that. I thought, wow, that was brilliant for me to read this morning. And then I I hear this. The two of them lined up so perfectly. It's a mental check. If you're judging someone, it's a good indication that you are not in a creative space. Mm-hmm. What's, yeah. that, what's that quote? Like if you're, you would never take advice from, or criticism from somebody you wouldn't take advice from. What? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Never heard that. Yeah, That's a, good, a one. good one. Look at all three of us I just know. dropping <laughs> shit. We should bombs. together. What Bill, happened? if the three of us got together, it would have taken you maybe oh my two God. years to finish this book. And then we'll just hang oh in there with God. Kat. That'll be our title. Hang in there. I would Kat. love to hang in there. Yeah, wow. and you know, I think, I think the feminine especially, because you know, this isn't my theory, but the feminine energy and desires are based on it's relational and it's giving, receiving love and it's holding space. And so much of, I believe, and again, this is just the research we've done in 24 years of marriage and having three daughters is that a woman's sense of self is very much based on the relational dynamics, whether it's friends, neighbors, grandparents, mm-hmm. whereas the man is a lot more mission-based, right? You know, David Deddy talks about it all the time, the way the superior man, the masculine's based on conquering something to the death, feeling fulfilled. And so for the woman, a lot of times when they're not, energetically in that good relating space, they feel slightly inhibited and less than, and they don't want the world around them to be bright and joyful because they're not bright and joyful or any human being doesn't want the world around to be bright and joyful when they're not. And so you're right. Action, 
um, fear of putting oneself out there. When my wife started meeting new friends and just going out there and just feeling, just feeling like she's engaging, her energy rises up and she's like not judging. And I grew up with a, with a powerful mom who's still alive at 86, my grandmother, both super creative, but they had a lot of fear. And so they were always judging. It was always judging. And so I witnessed that. And, and to be honest, I was one of the few males, if I look at the, the relationships, plus or minus, you know, my grand, my grandparents and then my brothers and sisters so kind of stepping into my step in, confronting my wife saying, you got to look at that. Let's look at that. I can't, I can support you. I can't do anything about it, but let's look at it because what are you passing down to the kids? Mm-hmm. We don't pass, we pass down eye color and, and hair, hair color. But what we really pass down is the dispositional electrons of ourselves, of our feelings. Feelings have electrons. Feelings are biomagnetic energy, bioelectric energy. And what are we passing down to our kids, which gets passed down to their kids? I say to people, especially in couples in a relationship, I say, do the work for posterity. Don't, yes, do the work on yourself, for yourself, for the relationship, but do it for your grandkids, grandkids. What you bring up today, what you realize today, what you understand about self, your fear, your longing, your joy, your sadness, you're dripping that into the space that your kids are soaking in and they're going to take that down the line. Hey, Ryan. Yes. You stink. Um, okay. I stink too. Don't worry. Everyone actually stinks and it's normal to have body odor just in case you needed a reminder. Okay. Thank you for that. But the best part is you don't have to stink. (laughs) Just try Lumi whole body deodorant. You're right. And Lumi is powered by mandelic acid, tackling odor for 72 hours from pits to feet, even private areas. It's incredible. Over 300,000 five-star reviews, and you can literally use it everywhere. And the scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or my personal favorite, toasted coconut, make it refreshing. Plus, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that's over 40% off. Stay confident from head to toe with Lumi. Try it with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. That's code TLC at L-U-M-E-D-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Stay fresh, everyone. Guys, have you tried the new wellness shots from Good Vibes Juice? We have, and they're amazing. Perfect for boosting immunity and feeling great. Good Vibes Juice makes all-natural wellness shots with ingredients that support your immune system. And they honestly taste good. Plus, they're great to have before you feel sick or even to help you recover faster. It's like having Granny's homemade remedy, but conveniently pre-made. They have three different shots to choose from. Sick Day, Get Well, and Turmeric Daily. The Sick Day shot has echinacea and ginger, known for fighting off colds and boosting immunity. The Get Well shots feature elderberry, a superfood ingredient that helps increase immunity, and the Turmeric Daily has turmeric and chamomile. My personal favorite is the Turmeric Daily. It has turmeric and chamomile, which for me, having recently turned 40, is great for anti-inflammatory and calming properties. What's great is that these shots are all natural with no preservatives or additives. You can take them as a shot or mix them with hot water for a soothing tea. And here's the best part. Visit good vibes with an S juice.com and use promo code TLC to get free shipping and 20% off your first order. That's www.goodvibesjuice.com with promo code TLC. Let's boost our immunity and feel great with good vibes juice. Shout out to Claritin for providing samples and sponsoring this episode.
Full disclosure, I was listening to you talk the other day and I was thinking to myself, why does he sound that way? And then I remembered that it's allergy season and that's just your voice because you're so stuffed up. Ah, yes, the old allergy congested accent. Luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Oh, perfect. So I won't have to listen to you speak like this for the next few weeks. What? You're not into it? It's not uh, not endearing? No comment. Designed for serious allergy sufferers like Ryan. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. Claritin D tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. So convenient. Just ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. And remember, only use as directed. Like, Let, let's put a word around that because they call that in finance generational wealth. Mm. We absorb our parents' emotions. We don't just absorb, we absorb their lives. We absorb their inner lives. And where do they get their inner life? From their grandparents. So mm-hmm. I actually, we actually absorb our great, 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 great parents' lives that are moving through us, whether we believe it or not. And our rational mm-hmm. mind can't really wrap our heads around it. When I started meditating, 25 years ago, my grandfather, who'd been dead, I know this sounds crazy, hit the, hit the stop button. He, he was coming, he'd been dead for 10 years. This is 1996, 97. He was coming back to me in my dreams and I was doing yoga. And he's like, can you teach me yoga? And I would wake up going, okay, something's going on here. That's a little bit bigger than me, AKA a lot bigger than me. And that's when I realized when I got into the relationship and we got married and I realized everything I'm doing is creating a space and my kids are just wallowing in it. And Mm -hmm. All I can do is, you know, when I work with parents, especially and their kids, parents are like, fix my kids. I'm like, yeah, well, what we got to do is you got to look at what's what's transpiring between the two of you and really what's transpiring in you and you and me in the house, because that's what the kids are picking up. Mm -hmm. So I know that this was kind of like in your bio, but you you talk about um, the lack of understanding of, of yourself really affects all of your emotions and your reactions in every single relationship that you have Everything. in your life. Right. Totally. It's hard to internalize that though. It's, it's really hard to look in the mirror and be like, how am I a part of this? How am I reacting to this? Like go beneath your anger, go beneath oh, that. Right. Like so powerful. It's so powerful. What you said about money too, because money is the perfect example of our sense of self. Mm-hmm. Right. Our relationship with money, which is just an energetic force, which is really a kind of an embodiment of freedom. I see money as a sense of freedom. Um, you know, my grandfather lost everything in the stock market crash in 1929. So his and he lived the last 15 years of his life in a complete state of lack and lack of self-worth. So the money issue went away. It was his lack of self-worth that was generated from lack of money. My dad inherits that. He has a fine, wonderful middle. He's still alive, 89. Still wonderful upper middle, middle-class life. And yet he still feels less than, and it's all based on lack of sense of abundance money. I love the way you guys love the way you're talking about it because using money as like a, um, a focal point for how I feel about me, how my wife feels about me, how my wife feels about her, what's her relationship to money. What was her, it's, it's super powerful. And the generational wealth, I think what you're touching on, especially nowadays, because there's so much wealth being built up in this 
what they talk about is that something like 80% of the wealth in America is from 65 year olds and older, mm-hmm. right? Now they're passing it down to millennials or, or whatever part of the strata, economic strata. And there's a totally different disposition around it. You know, I think this generation wants, wants actually balance and they want whatever, you know, different, it's a different mm-hmm. experience. So I think, I think generational wealth is a hugely aptly important topic around emotions, around one's self-worth. Yeah, I feel this generation, um, as I'm starting to witness it come up into the business world now, I feel like there's uh, there's almost an awakening that's happening. And, you know, you talk about women and how if they're not in the social circle and they're not creating, the that women. they start the women, social circles. Is it circles? Circles, circles. It's a new language. Yeah. It's Started a, here. It's Dutch. Take note. It's, it's Dutch. <laughs> I know. They start judging. And, you know, as a male you know, predominantly growing up, we always had this like background of relatedness with women that they were catty and judgy and blah, blah, blah. And there seems to be this new wave of women empowerment and supporting each other and like this sisterhood. And at the same token though, Bill, what I do see more often than not, because my wife is a creator uh, in the world of social media, the trolls that are coming out, the people that are just absolutely nasty, who have no time, well, nothing but time, apparently. And it's that it's an old adage of like idle hands, right? Well, hurt people. Idle hands are the work of the devil. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. Yes. So like hurt yes. people, hurt people. You hear and you know that they're obviously are projecting whatever. Big time. distortions they have going on in their own mind, whatever, but it's hard, right? To yeah. just like not take it personally. Sometimes. Hurt people, I mean, hurt people. I've never heard that. I've always heard that's misery a good loves one. company. That's another that's great good. One. Yeah. It is such an empowering um like era that we're living in. And the fact that like women are still being so rude and so ridiculous to strangers, other women online is just like it it, it still blows my mind. Like it 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 doesn't hurt my feelings anymore because I've been in the quote unquote game long enough yeah. to know that it yeah. has nothing to do with me, but that's the saddest part, right? Like it's obviously something that is coming from them. It's amazing. So in, in the research, this is years ago, 20 plus years ago, they, uh, we read the study um, at school where they were, where they were assessing male prisons and female prisons and the cruelty at men's prisons, let's say it's on a scale of one to 10 was two, three. I mean, brutal, blah, blah. Women's prisons, mm-hmm. 12. Wow. The cruelty. Because women have this kind of, because I feel like there's this intuition and this emotional intelligence, women know where to bite. They know where to poke. Like my daughters know where to poke my wife. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure they know where to poke me and I'm, I'm pokeable everywhere um, in terms of my, you know, sense of self. But you guys, it's almost like you have that intuition. And again, I think it comes to when a woman, I bet if we measure or interviewed the women that are trolling, you know, saying mean things, mm-hmm. asking their sense of self, absolutely, if they could Zero. actually admit it, it, yeah, it'd be borderline, Zero. you know, cabinet. And you know what, those are always say. the women that project all of this like confidence and all, it's all BS. It's all surface. It, yes. It's just like, it's always, it's just, I think it's so obvious these days. Like it's, it's obvious to me. Absolutely. If somebody is like overconfident and projecting, but they're a dick, it's like, yep. this is not, this is a facade. I would, it's, I would assert that that's because your self-worth is much higher today than it was in, in years past. And, and because your Absolutely. self-worth is much higher, your listening of that is diminished. Mm-hmm. Spot on. Absolutely. It's amazing when we feel full, 
whatever that word means in our lives. When we're in our zone, we're being creative. When we're completing and having a good full day, it's really hard to knock us off our path, mm-hmm. you know? And it's that, you know, the, the next day it's 10 o'clock, you're like, Oh God, what an idiot. And something pops up. And now you're like below again. Let's right. it's powerful. And I think, I think you're spot on. I think you're in a powerful spot. Here's what I'll tell you. This, I might not get too, I try not to get too new agey, but I got buddies that follow this big time that we've finally left. So there's, you know, the way that universe works is that it's these 24,000 year cycles right? The Mayan calendar, the Hindus, the Hindus say we live a billion lifetimes and we just do it all over again. I'm like, wow, that's kind of a pain in the ass. Um, but we <laughs> just finished the dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. But we just finished this 2000 year cycle, um, the, 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 the Piscean age. And now we have truly entered the Aquarian age and the old paradigm. This is what, this is what my friend said. The Biden Trump election was the last kind of bastion of the fat, old, white, masculinizing kind of unconscious era that it's 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 going to be a bumpy ride. But we are in a transition phase to true going back to the original cultures, the original words, roots, which were based on the divine feminine, based on the, the matriarch. It wasn't a patriarchal system. The one God religions fucked it all up. No offense. I'm sorry. You can expunge the, the, but the single God religions that are based on the patriarch and the masculine. Sorry, that's not mother earth. Mm-hmm. We are in a new phase. And so you're in a powerful spot right now because you're part of what you're on the cutting edge of that divine force, putting it out there um, in your creativity and trying to get, you know, over time, those women that are trolling that are they're you know, they're either going to get on board, feel their sense of self, feel mm-hmm. their self participating in the world um, or not, but it's, 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 it's happening. We're, we're moving that direction. You know, um, I, had, I had an old boss that used to have this adage and I hated it so much. I thought it was a terrible thing. And as I get older and, you know, run my own company, I start to realize that it, it's got, it's got its roots, which was fit in or fuck off. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, and it's so Beautiful. true. It's so true. Now, Bill, you talk in your book, um, and this is a cool subject for me because I've done some of the work that you've done. We talked about that pre-podcast, hmm. um, but you talk about all of your relationships with other people, wife, boss, uh, employees, whatever. All of it stems from that of a four of a, a grade four or 10 year old. <laughs> so I like to say that my, my marriage, everybody's marriage started when they were in fourth grade because dispositionally, what I want, my longing, my sadness, my joy, my desires, how I react to the world is really based on those initial limbic, aka right brain imprints that I inherited and experienced for the first 10 to 12 years of my of our lives, right? So our rational mind, this thing that is constructing and, you know, can't get on Zoom or can't get on Zoom, you know, this rational thing that, that gets us through our day is a great, powerful force. But we are limbically based. That rationalizing self doesn't kick in until 14, 15, 16. Mm-hmm. Right. So think about that. The first, they say the first like eight years of your life, you're almost pure right brain, you're pure emotion. And so those emotions, how you feel about your dad, how you feel about your mom, how you feel about the world, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about, about XYZ, right? So that gets soaked in, that's living in there. And then your rational brain shows up 14, 15, and that carries you into your 20s and 30s. You're doing your rational thing. You're putting yourself out into the world. And guess what happens at 29, 30? The brain starts millineating. 
What, what's millenniation? It's when the neurons. I have no idea. Please tell us. Please tell us. I'm like, You've thrown like seven words in the last paragraph this is, that I don't know. <laughs> this is this is the great cosmic secret of marriage, is that at 2930, biomagnetically, there's a shift in the brain, and the left brain and the right brain start to merge. And that happens into your 40s. So what's what's merging all these memories that you weren't conscious of how your dad treated you had your how my mom treated my dad used to browbeat the shit out of my dad. So I soaked in that I enter my adult world, my 20s, and I'm angry at women like, why am I angry at women? I have no reason to be angry with my conscious mind couldn't figure out why I couldn't keep a relationship going. My brain starts millennia. I start meditating and I realize, oh, that's my fourth grader witnessing my mom browbeat my dad all day. And so I'm kind of taking his side, defending the masculine, blah, 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 whatever. And then I realized oh, that was their world. That's not my world. And suddenly that energy dissipates. Wow. And so that's why, I mean, I just had a counseling session before this, um, taking a, a young gentleman, 31 years old, about to get married. We went back and he was five years old, just on this, on Zoom, relax, go back in. He was feeling his desires. He wanted this thing and his, couldn't ask his dad. And he's realizing he's struggling to ask his wife these certain things. It's all the same Mm-hmm. those desires, those emotions, they start early and they get embedded. And the thing is, we just have, yeah. And then, so I get into a marriage, I'm 32 years old. My wife says something dismissive and suddenly she's my mom. Yeah. She's not Linda. She's not this wonderful, powerful, amazing 35 year old, 36 year old woman. She is my mom to me. And yeah, yeah it's, it's um, the inner child work, John Bradshaw, homecoming, 1990, the greatest book pretty much ever written when it comes to, I believe all the work on self, which gets kicked up at the altar at marriage, is really Bill in fourth grade, Bill in 10th grade, Bill in second grade. And when that started, when I started realizing, oh, and it happens, I'm 24 years of marriage. My, last week, my wife said something really dismissive. She was angry. She was tired. And I just caught it. I'm like, oh, there's the 14-year-old. There's the 14-year-old. Yeah. What the fuck? And how am I going to react? I held it, mm-hmm. slept on it came back Saturday morning or having breakfast. I'm like, sweetie, I just want to let you know, blah, 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 blah. And so I get to communicate as an adult yeah. to an adult. And then you can actually have the conversation. I think that guys is the hardest thing in a relationship is knowing when to communicate your vulnerability, mm-hmm. vitamin V you're having a day you're, you're, you're struggling. You know, I think part two of what frustrates me sometimes my wife is she has no filter. It'll just come out. Ah, la, 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 la. And I get it. I don't, I don't begrudge it, but in the old days, it would hurt me, mm-hmm. little Billy. It hurt my 14-year-old. Really mm-hmm. wouldn't hurt the 55-year-old. It would hurt the 14-year-old, which then, you know, created. Then I'd get grumpy with the girls. Right. They'd get grumpy with each other. And it was like a cascade, one little ripple. Her frustration cascaded through the house. So I really, for me, that fourth grader was like the elixir. It was the um, the epicenter of, of where I was. And what's so powerful is, developmentally, you look around that successful guy, successful guy, successful guy, developmentally, the average guy is about 14 years old, maybe Uh in my opinion. I think so much of our, and you touched about, touched on this a little bit, but I think so much of who we are is, is emotion based. (laughs) Um, And we allow our emotions to dictate our actions. There are many people who are in prison today because they, they use their emotions to make the rational decision that they made. And if they were to take a step back and not be in the emotion of it and dissect it for what, for what it is and like the, the what so of what's happening. And most of that is communication, right? Because generally speaking, our emotions are tied to communication. 
whether that be communication that's coming at us or communication that's leaving us. Um, but I, I feel like what you're talking about is if, if that is true, our emotional brain shuts off around 10 to 14 and our critical thinking uh, occurs from there on. Whenever we're in a state of emotion, we react like a 14-year-old in an adult body. Totally. And we, we make decisions as adults acting like children. And you're brought back to wherever you were in your when you're 14 and your surroundings of your family life, your friends or whatever. It's very true. And it's hard because you and I, we're getting way better at this. But we argue like... Ryan. Yeah, she still stomps her feet. So I know she's, I know <laughs> I she's pre-10. Pre no, pre I don't. That's a total shit. Here That's comes the pre-10, Brittany. No, it's not. <laughs> we are very different. Like, we, we, we have learned to communicate through this, and we are continuing, and we will continue to work on it. But Ryan is a very... Um, He's very factual. So he'll, mm. he'll argue, he won't argue, but he'll just state like logistics and I, I'm women. I'm a woman. I am, I am woman. I am woman. I'm I'm ready. woman and I'm emotional. Right. So yeah. my react, like my, I'm emotional and like Ryan's thing here was like, he always tries to fix it. I'm like, listen, I don't want this shit to be fixed right now. I'm angry still. I need to remove myself for a little bit, figure out what the fuck my 14 year old self is telling me. And Ryan's like, don't leave. We need to continue this. And and his, I think you get it now, but his thing was like, why can't we just have this conversation? Like, why do you need to walk away? And I'm like, because I'm, I am reacting out of emotion. I cannot go beneath that right now. And I think that's a big thing for women because we are emotional creatures. And for somebody trying to quote unquote, fix those emotions with like, like logistics logic. and logic and practical answers, it just like infuriates me even more. Yeah. They call it mansplaining. Yeah. <laughs> so true. And, and you're not trying to do it. Like you're not, I'm trying not to belittling you. It. No, no, it's no. Just yeah. like, here's a problem. Like you spoke about this before. Like there's a mission, right? Yeah. You, I want to accomplish this. How do I fix this? You don't. You just exactly. stop for a minute. You got right there is like, that is the challenge of all challenges in a relationship. And this is classic NPR science channel. They did a study. They put probes on a man's brain and a woman's brain, and they had them doing multitask things to create anger and frustration. So they were creating anger for the exact same circumstances in a, wow. in, in the controlled study. And they put brains, the man's brain through anger was this thick blue line was like, I'll, I'll someday I'll, I'll, I'll go get the, the picture of it. The woman's brain was like Hiroshima. It was like colors. And it was, it was literally this melange of, you know, Jackson Pollock. Wow. And so here's the blue line bill, right? trying to harness Hiroshima. As I tell my buddies, when your wife's emoting, she's just got to get it out. Would you, here's the example I give them. If you're standing on a mountain and the volcano erupts, are you going to get in front of the lava? I'm going to get in front of the lava. Or are you can just let the lava flow? Let it flow. Let it flow, right? And I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this as a male, but sometimes you just got to run. <laughs> Run, but either Get way, the fuck out of dodge. No, you just have to let the lava go. <laughs> I know, just I know. Like yeah. Watch that beautiful it, shit just go by. Watch it glow. Let it rage and melt things, and then it'll turn into rock, and then you can talk to it. Totally, you nailed it. You have to. I, I find the hardest thing for men to do is just be present because we weren't when our parents were angry and stuff. Our mom was angry. We would react. We, you know, 
kick up dust, you know, I'm going to go right. But as a mature adult, what I'm trying to do is stand there and be present and be mature as my wife does what she needs to do. And that builds partnership and what it really does, which what I believe the feminine core need is, is to have the trust in the masculine trust that he can take the hits, Mm. have his ass kicked to love is to destroy, to be love is to be destroyed. Those aren't my words. That's a quote. And that is what men Often my wife and I will each now bring a problem like, hey, sweetheart, um, I just want to share this, but I don't want the solution. I said this to her last week in the car, in the car. I said, I've got this thing going on at work. I don't I know the solution. I know the answer to it. I just want to express it. And she started funny enough because she often is the masculine. I'm the feminine. She's like starting. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want the solution because I, you and I both know it. I just need to talk it out. Right. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> we literally, it. So, we talk about that all the time. I love yeah. that. We were like, right now, predicates our conversations with, before you continue, do you want a solution or do you just want to Dude, you got it. So you nailed it. You got an A plus on the test. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I just want to vent. So just agree with me. Everything I'm saying is correct. Well, it's, it's, it's hard because instinctually I listen to help. I listen to support. I listen to fix. And so if I'm listening that way, what my brain is doing is it's cultivating answers. Mm -hmm. It it automatically does it. And so when I open my mouth, what comes out is what, what I'm thinking about, which is, which is fixing, (laughs) fix, 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 fix. One of the things that I, one of the things that I've really taken on, and I know that we're we're coming short on the end of this podcast and I really want to push your book, but one of the things that I've really discovered for myself, a very powerful tool, and you may be able to speak to this is uh, the act of recreating communication. So if communication is coming at me like crazy emotion, if I take that communication, I listen to it, I absorb it, and then I reproduce it so that the person on the other end gets that I got their communication, the emotion usually goes away. Mm. On both people? On, on the person who's giving the communication. Yes. It yes. goes away. And then yep. once that emotion is gone, now we can have a conversation around it. Where if I try to take the Hiroshima uh, explosion, <laughs> like you said, and catch it yeah. and then throw it back, I've I'm heard, throwing heard, the bomb back. But I, I remember you saying that like when you're, so you're saying to um, validate the emotions, acknowledge them so that I'm not feeling dis- or, or a woman's not feeling dismissed. And once right. those are acknowledged, then you can kind of get in. with the logic. Absolutely. And you nailed it because I've gotten to the habit where my wife would start talking about something and I'm not really paying attention. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to hold the space for her. So what I do is I just repeat the words back. You're mm-hmm. right, sweetheart. You're totally right. And so there's times <laughs> where she said, Bill, what did I just say? I'm like, I don't know. Repeat it. So she's like, you're not listening. I'm like, you're absolutely right. I'm not listening. But you nailed it right there. It's the feminine wants to know the man is at least willing to be in the arena with her. Just be in it with me. That's trust. Like the deepest trust isn't trust. Like, are you out philandering? Are you doing X, Y, Z? Those are those are that's real trust Mm -hmm. or need for that real trust. But the realest, I believe the deepest, most important trust is, is my man willing to be present with me? through the ups and downs. Yeah. Through the sex and the kids and all that stuff, but truly in a boring day and I'm feeling less than, and I've got to emote. Can he just be there and fucking listen? Just listen, just listen with your heart. And the way a man learns how to listen with his heart, he's got to go listen to his own heart through meditation and therapy. I believe the only way for a human being to wake up, women are already naturally good at it. You're already naturally intuitive. Your left brain is already much more evolved. Um, 
Whereas a man, you know, we have to practice listening to our own feelings. And how can you truly listen to your spouse's sadness, long and joy if you haven't listened to your own sadness, long and joy? And I feel like I'm a I'm a professor and a student uh, and a seeker of my own longing and sadness and joy. And that's why I feel like I'm really good at holding space. I've got really good at holding space, whether it's my kids, you know, I could be better probably. I could be in all, I can be really better in all those things, but I've gotten really good at holding space for my wife. And I think if a man can hold space for the feminine, he's halfway home, three quarters of the way home. Yeah, I truly believe that there's a reason that women live longer than men, and that's because men suppress feelings. Bingo. And uh, men don't die of heart attacks, they yeah. die of a broken heart. The yeah. Unexpressed longing for dad, sadness, whatever it might be. It's not good or bad. It's just getting it out, crying, opening up. Yeah, I don't cry. I work out and fix things. <laughs> <laughs> but you are aware, dude. No, you I'm kidding. Aware. I cry all the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're a crier? I can't oh, watch I can't watch TV oh. without I can't watch a commercial. I can't watch a commercial. Yeah. I'm I am emotionally atta- I'm emotionally <laughs> attached to people. I am an empath, I think. Um, totally okay. are. Bill, can you give us a little um small pitch about what people could expect if they got your book and where to find your book where and where it. to find you? Yeah, because you, like, no, well, you are a wealth you are a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> You're too I'm, kind. And people explain can, that to my wife. She's like, Yeah, Bill, cycle babble again. <laughs> um so my website is wholecounseling.com, like Whole Foods, wholecounseling.com. Um, the book is uh, out there, Amazon and Waterstone and all the other, all the other places. I, you know, I, I think if nothing else, Robert Monroe says, Robert Monroe studied out-of-body experiences for 40 years at the Monroe Institute in Virginia. You can go there right now. He says there hasn't been an act in human history. There hasn't been anything ever done in human history that wasn't based on an emotion. Everything is emotion-based. And Robert Lipton, um, Bruce Lipton, writes about 95% of our lives are lived unconsciously. 95% we're responding unconsciously until we do what? Until we realize, oh, that's my 14-year-old. Oh, I'm really angry at that. So it's like it takes work, you know? And so a relationship is not only my stuff, it's my wife's stuff. So it's like a double whammy. I'll leave you with this real quickly. I don't, a marriage is not one relationship. A marriage is eight relationships happening at the same time. And we studied the heck out of this. We believe that a marriage, so Bill, I have a relationship, an archetypical latent relationship with the matriarchal energy, the feminine, my mother. I have a, I have a naturally embedded relationship to the patriarchal energy, my father. I have a relationship to myself, understanding myself. And I have a knowledge and experience and a sensibility around relationships, what I witnessed in my parents. So in me at any moment, my boss, my kids are kicking up one of those four archetypes, some kind of energetic response to one of those four. Well, guess who's going through her four? Your wife. Yeah. My wife. So at any moment, I'm like mad at the matriarch and she's pissed at the patriarch. And here we are in the same room together. It's a fucking, it's like war. Yeah. And neither of us know it. And so I think that's why, We feel like, you know, a relationship, you know, it's not based on love. It's based on commitment. It's based on work. It's based on surrender. It's based on vulnerability. It's based on listening. I mean, we weren't taught that stuff. It was like Valentine's Day. It's a heart. That's love. Go have kids. Hello. It's like, who's teaching us this stuff? The notebook. (laughs) If I'm a bird, you're a bird. Yeah, no. Unreal. Bill, that was, you put that all together at the very end. 
perfectly. I know. Thank you. It's like you wrote a book or something. Yeah. (laughs) And I can't, honestly, the way that the words come out of your mouth so quickly and so fluently, I have no idea why it took so long to write this book, but I'm glad you did. People go buy this book. We'll link it. Thank you. We'll link this book. Go buy this book. Bill, thank you so much for your time. Thank you guys enough. Amazing, amazing conversation. Truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful evening, Bill. Thank you. See you. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Beerley and I'm Jennifer Chaikin and we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself.